Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. He's he's always just a second late, isn't he? I have to I have to talk to him about that. Ladies and gentlemen, I mentioned last week that the uh the political campaign seemed to have devolved into he's a rapist. No, he was a rapist. Uh we're in week 2 of that. But we also have flashed back in some ways to the theme that I uh kind of uh fished out of the uh, murk of the uh, a week before of this endless can we now shorten the campaigns please have we learned our lesson really uh a couple of weeks ago which was that the uh, mainstream punditocracy had uh found themselves forced to uh, stand up for the probity of public of of real in quotes public opinion polls not the online polls but you know the the scientific ones, the gold standard of polls, and the probity of beauty pageants. We have follow-ups on both those this week, thanks to uh, the follow-up department of the world. Uh, On CNN yesterday, Saturday, um, an expert on polling, and you know, I, I, I have to introduce anything where I use that word, with the uh, repeating the observation of Abby Hoffman, an expert as a fast-talking guy from out of town, he said the resp- the non-response rate of scientific public opinion polls is now the non-response rate is now ninety percent, and I thought, <laughs> I thought exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point literally, no not li- yeah I did literally, and uh, then I read a piece moments later about the most highly reputed, distinguished, reputable, believable, scientific public opinion polling organization in California, the field poll, so-called, not because they ask people who are pulling up uh, beets and tomatoes what they think, but it's uh, named after Mervyn Field, who founded it. The field poll announced this week that their response rate, they they call people on the phone, that's how this works, or has worked historically. The gold standard involves the phone. Their non-response rate had risen to 70%, and so for the first time, they were going to start using online polling. So that's now, I guess, the fool's gold standard. It was scientific until last week, unscientific until last week, and now, boom, boom, you're scientific. They admit that uh, they're sampling can't be random because people self-select online and uh, and concluded with a happy so what as to um, as to pageants you uh, you know that there there was a, a lot of talk in the wake of Donald Trump's hot mic tape with Billy Billy soon to be William Bush soon to be who um, about the uh, politics of sexual power and um, issues involving female body image. And so at an at a event a few days ago, Hillary Clinton um, got a question. The first question at, at a town hall was from a young woman who was asking about the issue of uh, body image and the uh, issues surrounding that, especially for younger women. women. And here's 
part of Hillary Clinton's response. We have got to be as clear as possible. You are more than the way you look. Now, you should be healthy. You should take care of yourself. But we're not all going to end up being Miss Universe, I hate to tell you. So Miss Universe is the gold standard. It's just we all can't get there. And, um, of course, this week, an increase in accusations that Russia's President Putin is trying to meddle in our democracy. All I can say is, thank goodness we've never meddled in anybody else's. Hello, welcome to the show. Yeah. You know the man's gonna get us there. I don't know. Lenin couldn't do it. 
From New Orleans, Louisiana, just just this close to uh, Lake Pontchartrain. I'm Harry Shearer. Welcome you to this edition of the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, news of the war, won't you? Kind of kind of cozy here still. Records of temperature that go back farther than the 1800s suggest warming of recent decades is out of step with any period over the past millennium. The planet is warming at a pace not experienced within the past thousand years, at least making it very unlikely the world will stay within a crucial temperature limit agreed to by nations just last year, according just to NASA's top climate scientist, Ohim again. This year has already seen scorching heat around the, around the world, with the average global temperature peaking at 1.38 Celsius above levels experienced in the 19th century, perilously close to the 1.5 degree limit agreed at the Paris Climate Accord way back when people were paying attention. July was the warmest month since modern record began in 1880. Each month since October 2015 set a new high mark for heat. NASA said the records of temperature that go back far further taken by analyses of ice cores I'm, I'd love one of those right now. It's kind of warm. And, and sediments suggest that the warming of recent decades is out of step with any period over the past millennium. We've moved into exceptional territory in the last 30 years, says Gavin Schmidt of the Institute for Space Studies. Main temperature, maintaining temperatures below the 1.5-degree guardrail requires significant and very rapid cuts in carbon dioxide emissions or coordinated geoengineering, he says. You know which way it's going to go, don't you? Which, which is cheaper? New research published in uh, just a guide, just a guide, not, not dispositive, as the lawyers say. New research published in Geophysical Research Letters shows the longest and highest quality records of historic ocean water levels may underestimate the amount of global, global average sea level rise that occurred during the last century. It's not that there's something wrong with the instruments of the data, says the leader, Dr. Philip Thompson of the study at the University of Hawaii, but for a variety of reasons, sea level does not, variety of reasons, sea level does not change at the same pace everywhere at the same time. So our best historical sea level records tend to be located where past sea level rise was most likely less than the true global average. Dane Columbus, Ohio. The world's oceans teem with scientific mystery. Ooh, let's not go there. Unknowns that could prove to be tools that will one day protect the planet from Global warming, according to Nature. Not the thing, the magazine. Nature doesn't really write that way. That, uh, with, with that floridity. Researchers report they've tripled the known types of viruses ugh, living in waters around the globe and now have a better idea what role they play in nature. Not the magazine, the thing. The study was led by scientists at The Ohio State University. Their work will likely have far-reaching implications, they hope, including ultimately helping to preserve the environment through reducing excess carbon. The oceans currently soak up half that carbon. That comes at the cost of acidifying the oceans, which threatens some ocean dwellers, including shellfish. They're just being shellfish. 
Researchers at Ohio State processed viral samples collected by uh, two ocean-going ships, analyzed genetic information from those samples to catalog more than 15,000 genetically distinct viruses, grouped them into clusters that share similar properties. Scientists now are revealing how microbes impact our bodies, soil, air, and the oceans as we improve our ability to study viruses. We're seeing the role viruses play in microbial functions. Microbes in the oceans make up half of the oxygen, make half of the oxygen we humans breathe, making viruses that infect these microbes particularly important. That's right. The microbes that make your carbon, no, your oxygen, sorry, um, about a third of them are infected with a virus, altering way that microbe behaves. Infection is not always bad news for the environment. Viruses likely play a key role in ridding oceans and lakes of harmful algae, algae blooms, for instance. The Ohio State team is eager to see how viruses might fit into future efforts to reduce carbon in the atmosphere. So, so far, they're whistling in the salt water, but you know, you never know. The fossil fuels contribution to the emissions of powerful greenhouse gas methane, dramatically higher than previously thought. Congratulations, guys. I knew you could do it. I didn't, I didn't know that I knew, but uh, I guess I knew. Researchers who pulled together the biggest database yet of worldwide methane emissions found that after natural sources were discounted, emissions from gas, oil, and coal production were 20 to 60% greater than existing estimates. Methane, not really that big a contributor to global greenhouse gases by quantity to 16%, but has a much more powerful warming effect. The extra methane, now estimated by the study, 300 times larger than the amount leaked in uh, Southern California's Aliso Canyon leak last year, which was the worst gas leak in U.S. history so far, but we're working on it. The new study, published in Nature, also found that methane emissions had fallen as a fraction of industry's production. So the gas, the gas's short lifetime in the atmosphere means acting on it now could pay quick dividends. So there's bad news and there's good news. But a study released in Science Advances this week finds strong evidence for severe long-term droughts afflicting the American Southwest and driven by climate change. A mega drought lasting decades long is now 99% certain to hit the region this century say scientists from Cornell and NASA. Historically, megadroughts were extremely rare phenomena, but we want more of them. We, we want to make the rare common. That's what humans like to do. More diamonds, more megadroughts. They occurred only once or twice per millennium, according to the new analysis of modeled responses to increased greenhouse gases. These events could become commonplace if climate change goes unabated. Rising temperatures will combine with decreased rainfall in the southwest to create droughts that will be worse than the Dust Bowl of the 20th century and last far longer. Just for information, the Dust Bowl lasted eight years and affected 100 million acres around Texas and Oklahoma panhandles and adjacent territories in Kansas, Colorado, and New Mexico. Not a lot of electoral votes there, except for Texas. Dust storms swept through large swaths of farmer farmland, depositing dust as far east as Chicago, New York, and Washington. Now you're talking damage. Estimated uh, homeless population, more than half a million as a result of the Dust Bowl. More than three and a half million Dust Bowl refugees migrated west, explaining the popularity 
of megachurch evangelists in California to this day. The megadrought study looked at conditions under both a 2, a 4, and a 6-degree Celsius level of warming. With 4 degrees, the rate the planet is kind of heading for, megadroughts are almost a certainty. If we keep it to 2 degrees, the goal of the Paris Agreement, the risk falls to between 30 and 60%. That's all. So that California property is looking better all the time. News of the warm. Ladies and gentlemen, copyrighted feature of this broadcast. You know about the F-35, the costliest military thing ever made by the hand of man. It, uh, it, it gets costlier, and here's one reason why. Democratic Senator Charles Schumer, Democrat, put his weight behind a proposal in Congress to add another $100 million for the F-35. What is the uh, total? Well, there's $10.1 billion in the budget for fiscal 2017. We pay for 30, 42 of the aircraft. It has cost almost $400 billion so far, and it's been plagued by uh, problems, such as, uh, well, the Air Force declared the first squadron of them ready for combat. A week after that, the Pentagon's top tester said the weapons program is still riddled with deficiencies. The Air Force grounded 13 of them, after finding that insulation was peeling and crumbling on the cooling lines inside of the fuel tanks. But they'll fly again by the end of the year. So why does Charles Schumer want even more money spent on the F-35 until it's uh, like proven to be airworthy and not a, an incredible boondoggle? Well, because the additional spending would help support and sustain 150 jobs at two Lockheed Martin plants in upstate New York. Jobs, jobs, jobs. I know, everybody's got to have one. About 50 employees at Lockheed's plant in Salina. There's a Salina in New York. Work along the, on the F-35 along with 100 others at Oswego. I knew there was an Oswego. I didn't know there was a Salina. Uh, the San Diego desk calculates that this would be approximately $6 billion per job. Only well spent, don't you think? And uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, fairly fairly serious stuff here about our f- freedom-loving friends in Saudi Arabia and uh, associated matters. Among the leaks, the leaked conversations, the leaked emails that uh, have come out of WikiLeaks, which is drip-feeding them, contrary to the usual practice of just dumping them all at once, as if they've kind of figured out the news media. A uh, leaked email from 2014 from Hillary Clinton acknowledges that the U.S.-backed regimes in Saudi Arabia and Qatar have supported Islamic State. She cites in her email Western intelligence sources. Quote, we need to use our diplomatic and more traditional intelligence assets to bring pressure on the governments of Qatar and Saudi Arabia, which are providing clandestine financial and logistical support to ISIL and other radical Sunni groups in the region. Unfriggin' quote. According to the liberal news site Salon, this adds to a growing body of evidence that theocratic Gulf monarchies have helped fuel the surge of extremist groups throughout the Middle East. Who knew? 
like you didn't. Another newly released email from January 2016 includes an excerpt from a private speech Hillary Clinton gave two years, three years ago, in which she acknowledged that, quote, the Saudis have exported more extreme ideology than any other place on earth over the course of the last 30 years, unquote. She, um, in that speech, noted she wanted to pursue a more robust covert action trying to vet, identify, train, and arm cadres of rebels in Syria that would fight both the government of President Assad and the al-Qaeda-related jihadist groups. But she added, quote, that's been complicated by the fact that the Saudis and others are shipping large amounts of weapons and pretty indiscriminately, not at all targeted toward the people that we think would be the more moderate, least likely to cause problems in the future. Unquote. And other hacked emails published by WikiLeaks, show the self-same nation of Qatar, not our freedom-loving friends in Saudi Arabia, but their neighbors, pledging to donate a million dollars to Hillary Clinton's family's foundation. A senior official from the foundation informs colleagues that a planned donation by the government to mark Bill Clinton's birthday was in the offing. The ambassador asked to see Bill Clinton for five minutes to present the million-dollar check despite the fact that uh, they're spreading all sorts of good stuff. But they do. They do uh, run Al Jazeera. Uh, Yeah, that's the good news and the bad news. And uh, unrelated subjects, ladies and gentlemen, news from outside the bubble. From The Guardian... One in three Saudi air raids in Yemen since the Saudis began air raiding Yemen a year and a half ago or more have hit civilian sites. One in three. Washington, the United States, used unprecedented language to distance itself from the Saudi-led coalition after it attacked a funeral and killed more than 100. A White House statement said its security cooperation with Saudi Arabia was not a blank check. And it's reviewing its already significantly reduced support to the Saudi-led coalition. Says uh, Human Rights Watch, after unlawfully attacking schools, markets, hospitals, weddings, and homes over the last 19 months, the Saudi-led coalition has now added a funeral to its ever-increasing list. Uh, Human Rights Watch said the Saudi-led coalition, with the help of the U.S. and U.K., has conducted at least 58 unlawful airstrikes causing civilian loss of life and property. Rebel fighters have also been accused of serious abuses. Uh, An analyst on Yemen, somebody who follows it, unlike the rest of us, said the funeral attack has had a significant effect domestically and is likely to push the conflict further from prospects of peace. Hey, another unending war in the Middle East. He said the conflict risked making Yemen another Syria or Libya, which would mean we'd actually pay attention for a minute. This week, the U.S. for the first time targeted rebel-held territories in retaliation for failed missile attacks on a U.S. warship off the coast of Yemen. Which was there because we're reducing our support for the coalition. In 2011, said the analyst, Yemen was already facing a humanitarian crisis. Two years ago, half the population were in need of humanitarian aid. It's now 81%. It's tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. 
The Saudi-led coalition did admit to bombing the Yemeni funeral, blaming incorrect information. The uh, coalition did its own investigation on the uh, attack that killed 114, wounded about 600. The teams, the investigation said an unnamed party had provided intelligence that rebel leaders were in the packed hall in the capital of Sana'a, where the funeral was being held. An unnamed party. I, I've been invited to a few of those. They're good. It's exciting. Um, you know, you have to. You can't help but speculate that there there may be a, a, a an agency with three initials involved. Saudi Arabia has been targeting the rebels after intervening in Yemen's civil war to support the government. The unnamed party claimed the site was a legitimate military target, according to a statement issued by the coalition. The Air Operation Center in Yemen of the coalition, it said, directed a close air support mission, this would be the bombing, without approval from the coalition's command. Appropriate action must be taken against those who caused the incident, and compensation, compensation must be offered to the families of the victims, it said. Too bad the oil price has gone down and the Saudis don't have any money, don't you think? The British government says it will consider, this is from the Independent, it will consider the terms of its lucrative arms exports to Saudi Arabia after the admission of responsibility for the funeral, deaths. Some some have actually called for an independent investigation of the bombing of the funeral. But I think that's that's over the line. The uh, Foreign and Commonwealth Office of Britain says it's awaiting further detail on the attack. And this will contribute to our overall view and the approach and attitude of Saudi Arabia to international humanitarian law, said a spokesperson. We still have that? This in turn informs the risk assessment made against the arms export criteria. Yeah, but it's $3 billion, three, $3 billion pounds worth of arms between last April and March of this year alone. That would be well, getting close to $3 billion the way the pound is dropping. British government uh, ministers have repeatedly rejected calls for a pause in weapon sales amid the frequent reports of war crimes. The government refused to give Parliament a vote on the issue because, because of democracy. News outside the bubble, ladies and gentlemen. Because um, we, we're just, we just, you know, Syria, we got Syria. You can only focus on one Middle Eastern country at a time. News from outside the bubble, though, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. small town in a village full of friends in a warm house in a bedroom sits a girl who'll never tell and who'd believe it who would wonder happy families one and all but there 
is one who comes to see her Who pins her up against the wall Where will you go? Tell me What will you do to find a friend? Who will you be? Tell me When will this nightmare end? And when will this be done? Every once in a while on this program, um, we try to widen our gaze uh, in in some way, look at other events and phenomena that, um, you know, may more subtly affect our lives. We we like to check in periodically with the Chicago Board of Trade, for example, and uh, see what the trend in sorghum futures has to tell us about what... Huh? My my producer is talking to my... No, I thought he was avoid... Okay. All right, you got it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, once again, the newsmaker line uh, has taken priority. The uh, sorghum futures will have to wait. Hello, you're on the air. You know, I, I don't talk to the failing media. Ooh. My friend Sarah Palin calls them the lame stream media. Yeah. I think that I, I'm, I think I'm going to start calling them the fail stream media. Yeah. But you've always been nice to me. I, I am guessing, uh, one, that this is a certain presidential candidate calling the broadcast. Right. And uh, two, that you uh, don't listen to the program very much. 
every, why should I be different from everybody else? I, was, I mean, it's a, a marginal program, but I, I can't call Howard anymore. Howard Stern? I, I can't even call Howard the Duck. No. But no, but yes, Howard Stern. He'll get me in trouble. You, I'm pretty sure I can handle. I'm going to take that as a compliment. You should. A very, very big compliment. What the biggest? Okay, I'm a little uh, surprised that you, you've got time to call in today. You're well, doing rallies. Uh, we hear you're doing debate prep. Have you seen the rallies? Well, They're all on YouTube. Yeah. Here's the story. Vince McMahon, you know, who runs mm-hmm. World Wrestling, mm-hmm. enormously successful businessman, he called me up. He said, Donald, we've got the greatest sports slash entertainment attraction in the world, which is true. Mm-hmm. But he says... I just wish we could draw crowds the way you're doing. Well, did you tell him to just do as you do and let them in for free? I didn't tell him that because he's a better businessman than that, because he's a friend, and because on the very off chance that I lose the election, he and I may very well be putting together an amazing attraction that will make the UFC look like a church picnic with the middle-aged and older ladies. (laughs) But speaking of ladies... Yes, yes, I was going to uh, try to cram a word in there and ask you about all the women who've come forward this week. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure they've came forward. Well, you know, nobody respects and, and worships and cherishes women more than I do. Mm-hmm. And I think all these women are taking a huge step backward into, into more political correctness mm-hmm. and, uh, and and an NFL where the guys are afraid to tackle each other anymore. And not only uh, America doesn't win, but nobody wins. And, Wait a minute, unless there's a tie, every NFL game has a winner. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I don't watch it. Nobody does. Many people say that. Uh-huh. But we- you're right, Harry. And you know what? I don't say that unless I I really want you to believe that I mean it. Mm-hmm. But I said this week we would bring forward proof that these horrible women, I mean, seriously, do you think Trump needs to make a move on? I mean, she's, you know, they would have lost in the first round of Miss Guam. But uh, I said we have proof that their claims are not only disgusting, but disgraceful and most important, distruthful. Wow. Well, but, that would uh, be, uh, I'd go so far as to say, pretty darn newsworthy yeah. at this point in the campaign. What kind of proof do you have? You know, I'm kind of glad you asked me that question. That's the great kind of a question that only Sean Hannity has the courage to ask. Wow. But there's yeah. a woman here with me today. She isn't afraid to uh, be here in my office with me alone and with the door closed and so forth because she can tell you how I really am with women and how good I am okay. for women. Uh, okay. Do, do, do you want to put her on the phone? or? Uh, abs- absolutely. Hold on. Okay. Here you go, dear. Waiting on the... Hello. Hi, you're on the air. I know. I, oh. I mean, uh, Mr. Mr. Trump told okay. me. Okay, and and can I ask your name before we start? Uh, well, we've started, <laughs> but my name is Meredith McIver. I've worked for Mr. Trump for more than uh, I don't know. It's a, a decade or two, isn't it? Uh, I I think you're right, and uh, you look great, by the way. Thank you. Hold on here, yeah. Meredith McIver. Yes, sir. Well, you see. He always compliments me in a very respectful and admiring way, Mm -hmm. and he's keeping his hands and his lips and his whatever totally to himself, and those, by the way, Mm -hmm. are very normal-sized hands. Okay, but you were were identified, if if I'm not mistaken, as somebody who works in Mr. Trump's office as a writer, and he identified you as the person who borrowed some passages from Michelle Obama's convention speech for his wife, Melania, to deliver at the Republican convention this year? have a very good memory as well as a very nice voice. Thank you. And uh, I, I recall that Mr. Trump put you on the phone when he called in around that time to prove that you actually exist. He did. And I'm still here <laughs> okay. more than ever. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I, I exist. 
a lot more than these uh, Mr. Trump calls them horrible women. And mm-hmm. I, I have to agree because I've known this man since he hired me all those years ago. And I've known him like he was a part of me, of, uh, but but a very nice part. Uh-huh. And he's never been anything but the most perfect gentleman. I mean, like a gentleman most of these critics have, have never seen in their lives. Maybe they they have issues with men or something, but he has encouraged me and made me feel like a very special and valued part of the Trump organization, mm-hmm. like like Mr. Miller and Mr. Barron, his public... Wait, 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 wait. Weren't those revealed and even admitted uh, some time ago by Mr. Trump to be names that Mr. Trump himself used when he called media people and pretended to be his own PR man? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was before my time... I'll handle that question, Nadir. Uh, you just sit back down and, and look beautiful and dignified and totally respected. Listen, Harry, yes. I overheard the question because you're on my speakerphone hookup here. Okay. And I think it's unfair. It's really, really unfair to cross-examine Meredith on things that she's had nothing to do with. I really expected more of you. Well, and uh, in, in terms of unfair questions, I really expected less of them from you. Okay, well, uh, put her back on again, if you could. I just have all one right, all more. Right, all right, but make it a nice question, all right? It'll be the nicest question she's ever heard. You're putting me on, but okay. <laughs> Hello again. Mm-hmm. Did I mention that Mr. Trump loves animals? He's always asking about how my cat is. You and- you, you have a cat? Yes. What's its name? It, it's a very special name that uh, I came up with when I got the cat from uh, the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's called Don the Third because I do respect Mr. Trump so very much, almost more than I do myself. That's a lot of respect. Mm-hmm. Meredith, if, if you had a daughter, would you allow her to be in a private situation with Mr. Trump? Well, I happen to be a spinster-type girl, mm-hmm. although Mr. Trump likes to kid me and say he could find me a husband in no time. But I just say, if you can't feel safe in a room with Mr. Trump, you very probably have serious issues and should seek some kind of treatment or, or medical attention or at least some pills. Although, of course, you're you're not a trained physician. or No, but I have a women's intuition. It's a very, very powerful thing. Very powerful. Okay. Well, Meredith McIver, thank you, and thank Mr. Trump for calling in. He says... Thank you for believing me and not these other horrible women just trying to have their little piece of fame. And uh, it's sad what some people will do it to attract attention. So thank you uh, for my behalf, too. Okay, our deep dive into sorghum futures in weeks to come. For now, the show continues with News of the Atom. Clean, safe, too cheap to me. Our friend the Atom. Eddie, uh, the atom is in for an oil change this week. Federal regulators discovered substantial potential for a nuclear accident that could have injured workers at the Westinghouse Atomic Fuel Factory near Columbia, South Carolina. This is according to preliminary results of an investigation into why uranium built up beyond safe standards at the 47-year-old plant. Oh, well, it's 47. That explains everything. The findings presented were presented during a public meeting outlining a litany of problems that federal officials say they're learning about at the Bluff Road Fuel Factory. Well, why do you think it's... Oh, mm-hmm. Just an accident, just a happy accident, I guess. Um, the, uh, the factory is a 550,000-square-foot building nestled in woods. 
Chief among the concerns is Westinghouse's inability to keep uranium from accumulating in equipment on the site. That is such a pesky problem. I have that in my kitchen. When uranium builds up, it can create a nuclear reaction that could cause a burst of radiation. Have you tried those little scrubbing pads with the built-in soap? The team from the University of Arizona uh, observed if climate... That is a page from another article. (laughs) I can tell that. All right, so that's the deal with Bluff Road. Japan's Fuk plant operators this week confirmed that radioactive water, oh no, had leaked from one of its storage tanks, but the liquid was contained. How could that happen? The head of an international nuclear energy consortium said this week that a cyber attack caused a, quote, disruption at a nuclear power plant at some point during the last several years. Would this be an unnamed party? Yukia Amano head of the IAEA, didn't go into any detail about the attack, but he warned about the potential future attacks, stressing that the idea of cyber attacks that attack that impact nuclear infrastructure is not an imaginary risk. So we won't blame the imagination if it happens. This issue of cyber attacks on nuclear-related facilities or activities should be taken very seriously, he said. We never know if we know anything, everything or if it's the tip of the iceberg. Why, that's an unknown known or an unknown unknown. He refused to disclose much about the attack, choosing not to say where or when it happened, but did say it managed to disrupt day-to-day operations at the plant. It wasn't forced offline. The facility did have to take what he called precautionary measures to mitigate the attack. He said it occurred two or three years ago. Declined to get into further detail about it. It has been up to now unknown, said uh, Duan Chowdhury, the uh, CEO of Malcrawler, a service that protects data system, industrial control data systems from malware. Since there's so little information around the attack, it's too early to pinpoint exactly what happened. It could be ransomware, malware, a targeted attack, schmuckware. He didn't say that. It, anyone guess, anyone's guess what it could be. So I'm guessing schmuckware. He said he hoped the confirmation of the attack, even if it was years ago, would help to generate awareness around cybersecurity and nuclear issues in the future. But he said he wasn't surprised. It's not a surprise that it's happening, he said of the disruption. Personally, I think people aren't disclosing. It's probably happening more than people think, unquote. So the cure is don't think. The U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission has identified five apparent violations at a former uranium mill in western New Mexico. They mill it. The commission said in a recent letter to Homestake Mining Company, it's considering escalated enforcement action. Oh, no. Slapping the other wrist. The letter cited a failure to obtain monthly composite samples and the discharge of liquids among the alleged violations but the commission stopped short of issuing a notice of violation because it hasn't made its enforcement decision. It's offering the company 30 days to respond. That's so fair. That's so fair. A manager for Homestake's parent company said the commission's actions were pre-decisional, and he couldn't comment. The site near Grants, New Mexico, has been on the national list of cleanup priorities since the early 1980s. Reminds me of if you're lucky enough to be in um, anything other than economy class on an airline, and they'll slap on your your check baggage a ticket that says priority. 
And I noticed after waiting 15 minutes for one of those bags once that they didn't specify that it was high priority. So that's the kind of list of cleanup priorities this is. Reminds me of in, in uh, Los Angeles, there used to be a clothing chain called Zachary. I don't think it was a chain. It was one store. But they advertised on TV all the time called Zachary All. And the closing, you know, the clincher, the announcer, Eddie, who's immortalized in uh, Frank Zappa's Eddie, Are You Kidding? He was in a little circle at the top of the screen and surrounded by shots of the suits. And his closing promise was, you'll get quality and service at a price at Zachary Old. Not high quality, not good service, not a low price, but quality and service at a price. So that's priority. That's the kind of list they were on. Dayline Albuquerque, a section of the federal government's only underground nuclear waste repository, would be permanently sealed under a plan announced this week. That's after a recent series of sealing collapses at the troubled facility in southern New Mexico. It's a nuclear waste repository. The collapses have been expected by engineers and geologists, according to the Associated Press, but they fueled the concerns of watchdogs and the watches of concerned dogs who want the federal government to ensure safety at the waste isolation pilot plant before moving ahead with plans to reopen it by the end of this year. As you may remember, a radiation release closed, closed, forced the closure of the plant or the repository um, in February 2016. Since then, tons of waste left over from decades of nuclear weapon research and development have been stacking up at sites around the country, becoming tourist attractions. No, hampering the government's multi-billion dollar cleanup program. The waste is supposed to be entombed in storage rooms carved out of a thick, thick salt formation or a thick fault formation deep underground. Geologic forces cause the salt to creep. Have you tried creeping salt in your cooking? With it eventually encapsulating and sealing the waste. That's the plan. Contamination from the radiation released has complicated the maintenance work needed to secure the salt rock walls and ceilings. Don't you know? It used to be a typical easy thing to go do maintain that ground, much more difficult because of the fact you have to wear your protective equipment your, and a respirator, said an operations manager for the Nuclear Waste Partnership. Crews also have to carry additional equipment to gauge air quality and radiological contamination. Oh, no! That has reduced productivity by more than half. There have been at least three collapses in recent weeks. No injuries. So they're going to close off the south end of the underground storage area, seal it off, eliminating about 60% of the areas that were contaminated two years ago. The closure would eliminate some of the space that could be used for storing waste. Investigators determined, of course, the radiation release that forced the closure of the repository could have been prevented. And that is clean, cheap, safe, too, too full of collapses to meter. That is our friend, the Adam. And now, not no necessary collection, the Apology of the Week. so sorry. Joey Bihar, a host of ABC's The View, this week apologized for calling the women who have accused former President Clinton of rape and sexual assault tramps. I want to apologize, said Bihar. Bihar? 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 I never, ever intended to belittle sexual assault and the women who are victims of it ever. I made a joke. I'm sorry. 
Behar had suggested that Hillary Clinton might say, I would like to apologize to those tramps who have slept with my husband. Maybe she should have, maybe he should have said, she should have, could have said that. Bobby Brown of the Houston Rockets asked for forgiveness from Chinese citizens after drawing heavy criticism in China for inscribing his name and number, his uniform number, he's a basketball player, on the Great Wall. That is so naughty. How could... Here's a, Chinese netizens became furious when uh, he posted images on uh, the China's equivalent of Twitter, Twitter, writing, had a blast at the Great Wall of China today. His post was deleted, and he apologized. We were out enjoying the Great Wall, he said in an interview. I'd never been. It was my first time. I wrote my name on the wall in chalk. I, see, I saw different writings. I didn't mean any harm by it. I made a mistake. I could have just put my hand over it and erased it. It will never happen again. I've been playing in China for three years now, and I have the utmost respect for the Chinese culture and the way of living here. I pretty much adopted coming from the States here for three years. My teammates, the fans, and the fans all over were great to me. I just want to sincerely apologize for that. Unquote, writing on the Great Wall is prohibited. A Chinese television station, on the other hand, has apologized after showing a map on a talent show that did not include self-ruled Taiwan as being part of China. One of Beijing's most sensitive political issues. China has never renounced the use of force to bring Taiwan under its control. All maps published in China have to show Taiwan as being one of the country's provinces. But on this talent show for foreigners learning Chinese, a map didn't do that. We feel a deep sense of dereliction of duty at the problem map incident and feel deeply pained, said state-run Hunan Television. Those responsible for the mistake have been punished, the station said without giving details and received, quote, Severe criticism. You bad technical director. You bad graphics person. An online retailer has pulled a Halloween costume that made light of the recent jewelry heist involving Kim Kardashian West. The listing for the Parisian heist costume on Costumish featured a bound and gag Kardashian lookalike dressed in a white robe and sporting a giant ring. The listing didn't include her name. The costume was being offered for 70 bucks. The company's founder told Time Magazine the, design, the costume was designed to provoke a strong reaction. He says he didn't want to make light of a serious situation and that the company isn't mocking her, to which one might ask, why not? The costume prompted outrage from some social media users. The company's Twitter account announced the costume had been pulled and apologized if it depended anyone. An if-pology. Ladies and gentlemen, a Toronto restaurant is promising a charity drive to help women as an apology after invoking Donald Trump's recent video. Uh, Mexican eatery La Carnita. This is a Mexican eatery in Toronto. We're surrounded. Posted a picture of food on Instagram under the caption, What if Donald said, grab her by the taco? That is occasionally used as slang for female genitalia, apparently in Canada. The caption may be here, too. I wouldn't know. The caption was a direct reference to, you know what, the gaffe is the latest in a strong a string of controversies for the taco chain, all of which have centered on treatment of women. The restaurant deleted the controversial post hours after sharing it and issued an apology on Twitter. The chief executive of the parent company also issued a Facebook statement promising to run a limited-time campaign to raise money for a charity that empowers women to not buy tacos. In Canada, Dateline Greenwich, Connecticut, a Mom couldn't believe her ears when she heard that the Greenwich High School freshman football team uses a play called Hitler. That is to say, it's a, a football play, not 
you know, not a uh, play as in the theatrical sense. The signal for the play is an index finger across the upper lip, according to the Connecticut Post. Greenwich, High, Greenwich School's headmaster Chris Winters issued an apology to the community for the incident. The term Hitler was used to designate the direction of a particular play. The practice has been stopped. High school administrators and the head varsity football coach have reached out to the community. Through this message, he said, I extend our apology on behalf of Greenwich High School to the entire Greenwich communities and beyond for this admittedly offensive practice. But practice makes... Samsung is in a lot of trouble following the mismanagement of the Galaxy Note 7 recall that led to the abrupt termination of the tablet. Many safe replacements exploded, forcing Samsung to cancel the product well ahead of time. Samsung's mobile chief vows to rebuild customer trust, Ko Dong Jin. He would at any cost find the exact cause of the fault to restore the trust of consumers. Ko apologized for the Galaxy Note 7 crisis and has expressed his gratitude to uh, the company for sticking with him through tough times. U.S. women's national team uh, soccer team goal, goalie Hope Solo said she immediately apologized to Sweden's captain for calling that team cowards after their match at the Olympics this summer. Sweden eliminated the U.S. on penalty kicks after a 1-1 draw. Imagine the excitement. Solo made international news for criticizing the Swedes' defensive tactics. She said on a Swedish talk show, Skavjan, Skavlan, that opposing captain Lotta Shalin was not offended by her comments. That's a whole lot of Shalin. I said to her, you know, Lotta, I, I, I use the word cowards when talking about you guys. I didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. And she was like, oh, I know you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And she's like, look, the American team. She's like, doesn't know the ver- verb said. And Paris Hilton, while we're talking about important personalities, received an apology from Angelina Jolie's crisis management expert after her lawyers threatened to sue him. The 37-year-old celebrity blogger, did they tell you that job existed on career day? Was recently asked to change elements of a story he ran about the uh, pending divorce between Jolie and Brad Pitt. Her lawyers threatened legal action if he didn't comply. At the time, she hit back by posting his email response on Instagram, which was demanding an apology for her. Okay. I can't figure out who apologized to whom. And you know what? I care even more. The Apologies of the Week, ladies and gentlemen. A copyrighted feature of this very broadcast. And uh, just before we close the door on this week's show, the U.S. Secret Service has no reasonable assurance that its information systems are properly secured to protect law enforcement-sensitive information. That's one of the conclusions made by the Department of Homeland Security's Inspector General in a scathing report on the IT practices of the agency tasked with protecting the president and other important government officials. U.S. Secret Service system and data remain vulnerable to unauthorized access and disclosure, just like Hillary Clinton's private server. As discussed, contributing factors included inadequate system security plans, 
Systems with expired authorities to operate, inadequate access and audit controls, non-compliance with logical access requirements, inadequate privacy protections, and over-retention of records. Such deficiencies increase risks to confidentiality, integrity, and availability of mission-critical information systems and data. These are unacceptable vulnerabilities in the secret services systems. Aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, everything's good. Well, that's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. The program returns next week at the same time over these same stations over NPR Worldwide throughout Europe. The use and 440 cable system in Japan around the world through the facilities of the American Forces Network up and down the east coast of North America via the shortwave giant WBCQ, the planet 7.490 megahertz shortwave on the mighty 104 in Berlin. Ich bin ein Radio Berliner. On Soho Radio in London. For your uh, smartphone, through Stitcher.com, available as a free podcast from Sideshow Network SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, and WWNO.org. Oh, around the world via the uh, Internet at Tudorville locations, live and archived whenever you want at HarryShare.com and KCSN.org. And are available around the world via the... Uh, American Forces Network, and up and down the East Coast via the shortwave giant WBCQ, the planet. And it would be just like me remembering to do that list in the proper order if you'd agree to be with me then. Well, you already thank you very much, uh huh. Tip of the show, chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and exile, and Hawaii desks. Thanks, as always, to Pam Halstead and to Jenny Lawson here at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's broadcast. The email address for this program, and uh, which contains a playlist. Well, there would be accompanied by a playlist of the music heard here on, and your chance to buy Cars I Talk t-shirts, all at harryshearer.com, and I'm on Twitter, at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy radio network. So long, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful autumnal day. So long from New Orleans.